What's the saying, Paul? With friends like that, you don't need enemies. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you need a friend in politics, get a dog. (laughs) From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. Infighting within the coalition has been exposed as candidates emerge and then quit in the race for the seat of Eden Monero. The by-election is reopening divisions across the Liberal and National parties. Today, columnist for the Saturday paper, Paul Bongiorno, on the first real test for Scott Morrison's popularity. Paul, let's start with the first candidate to flag his interest in Eden Monero, John Barillaro. Tell me about him. Right. Well, John Barillaro is a national. He's the Deputy Premier in New South Wales. He's from what you could call the Barnaby Joyce wing of the National Party. And based particularly on this week, but not only this week, you'd have to say that he's um, probably a bit madder than Joyce. He threw his hand up early on, hoping to grab pre-selection and leap into federal politics, leap, obviously, then into the federal government. You're not ruling it out, though? You're considering it seriously? I'm not ruling it out, absolutely considering it. I'm putting serious thought into this and and I'm weighing up... But, well, it didn't quite pan out that way. In fact, it got stranger and more ugly. The federal leader of the National Party, Michael McCormick, not surprisingly didn't wholeheartedly support Barillaro's nomination. Get your popcorn ready. These nationals know a bit about feuds. McCormack versus Barillaro looks set to rumble across the Great Dividing Range for some time to come. Pretty soon, vitriolic text messages were leaked to the media in which McCormack was accused by Barillaro of failing to support him because he felt threatened by the New South Wales upstart. Well, Barillaro himself was suspected by his colleagues of leaking these messages. Controversy has erupted today in the race for the seat of Eden Monero. Leaked text messages from John Barillaro to Deputy Prime Minister and Nationals Leader in Canberra, Michael McCormack, show a breakdown in the relationship... The uh, text messages said McCormack had failed his team and failed as a leader and even went so far as to say McCormack wasn't his leader and never would be. Well, it got stranger when some of McCormack's federal colleagues in the parliament chimed in with criticism. Then on Monday, Barillaro withdrew. John Barillaro says he will not be contesting the seat of Eden Monero. Uh, he's just sent out a statement. I want to bring our political reporter, Trudy McIntosh, now. And yet another story leaked saying he'd called Andrew Constance a very rude four-letter word for breaking their understanding and putting his hand up to run. Right. So you mentioned Andrew Constance. Tell me who he is and how he fits into this whole, can we call it a mess? (laughs) You could call it a mess. I like the Italian word imbroglio, which is more than a mess. But anyway, Andrew Constance Ruby is the Transport Minister in New South Wales. The script was written for Andrew Constance to be the shining knight of Eden Monero, set to win a seat from the federal opposition... He's been in state parliament for 17 years and won pre-selection, despite the then state director, this is a little-known factoid, Scott Morrison's opposition to his candidacy. While he represents the New South Wales South Coast seat of Bega, which uh, overlaps the federal seat of Eden Monero, and which was badly affected by the summer bushfires. 
Constance rose to national prominence for the role he played in the New Year's Eve bushfires when his home at Malua Bay came close to being engulfed in the flames. But he really made headlines after Scott Morrison visited Cabago in the electorate after the Prime Minister's return from that notorious Hawaiian holiday. How come we only had four trucks to defend our town? You might remember the Prime Minister was sworn at by the locals and told that he deserved to be ashamed of himself. Nah, you're an idiot, mate. You really are. Don't getting any votes down here, buddy. Well, Constance said Morrison got the welcome he deserved. I didn't even know he was coming, and I haven't had a call from him. Um, so, to be honest with you, the locals probably gave him the welcome that he, he probably deserved. I, you know, I... I say this to the Prime Minister today. Look, he's nominally a Liberal moderate, uh, Berejiklian ally, which in fact is part of his problem in this race. The Conservatives were determined to challenge him in the person of Fiona Kotvoch. Now, Fiona was the candidate who achieved a 2.5% swing against Labor's Mike Kelly last time. Well, on Wednesday morning, Constance was due to go on Fran Kelly's ABC breakfast show to talk about the fact that just 12 hours earlier he announced he was going to run for the seat. Uh, later this hour, we'll be joined by Liberal candidate Andrew Constance, who's also facing criticism from within the coalition as he takes on this marginal seat. That's all coming up. But at the last minute, he pulled out of the interview. Unfortunately, Andrew Constance told us just shortly before we were set to speak to him he was unavailable, so we do hope to bring you that interview. He told a producer he had something to sort out, and by midday, he confirmed he was no longer running. Well, basically, he said he woke up and saw the front page of the Daily Telegraph where John Barillaro was calling him that four-letter word. And he turned to his wife and said, I'm not doing it. Wake up this morning, I said to Jen, like, you know, bugger this for a joke. Like, why would I sit here for the next five weeks defending that type of front page? You can't. He told ABC South Coast, I read the paper this morning and thought, nah, stuff that. When I said politics is stuffed in this country and some of the people in it need to have a long, hard look, I meant it. And we've now seen that in such a great way on the front page of the Southern I mean, like, stuff that. The fact is, Ruby, he was no shoo-in to beat Kotvos in the pre-selection and it looks like he wasn't up for a humiliating fight. We'll be back in a moment. The City of London in Andrew Hagen's latest novel is crumbling. But don't mistake this for pessimism. Instead, the author insists it's a necessary process for a better future. Change doesn't just happen because it's time for a change. Change has to be forced. We live in the end not in countries that are settled places. They're just imagined communities. I'm Michael Williams, and on this week's Read This, I sit down with Andrew O'Hagan to discuss his latest, Caledonian Road. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. As a a 7am listener, you're already familiar with many of the journalists who work for The Saturday Paper. For a limited time, subscribe to Australia's leading independent news source, The Saturday Paper, and you'll receive The Saturday Paper's stainless steel coffee cup, made in collaboration with Fresco, for free. Subscribe from just $2.10 a week. Simply visit thesaturdaypaper.com.au forward slash offer. Paul, two high-profile candidates have pulled out of pre-selection for the seat of Eden Monero. 
So where does all of this leave the Conservatives? Well, nominations close today, so we'll know pretty soon. We do know that Codfoss will put a hand up. We're not sure who else may. Jim Molan, the uh, ultra-conservative senator, he's ruled himself out. Uh, in fact, uh, there's a theory, I think it's more than a theory, that Molan actually put his hand up to serve notice to both Barillaro and Constance that they weren't going to get an easy run Late on Wednesday, Nine News reported that former Prime Minister Tony Abbott could be a candidate. Now, as if this by-election was not enough of a circus already, there is one more surprise. Senior Conservatives were canvassing support to put up none other than former Prime Minister Tony Abbott in the seat. (laughs) Apparently, he was being pushed by the Liberal Party's uber-conservative Vice President, Tina McQueen. It didn't take long Abbott to rule it out, though. Labor can, of course, hardly believe its luck. As Chris Bowen put it, this is an unseemly brawl over who could get a better job for themselves at the very time when the community has so much more to really worry about. Paul, tell me about what's happening on the Labor side. They've already got someone locked in to run. Can you tell me about their candidate? Yeah, Ruby, so the seat's uh, held by Labor and the local member has been Mike Kelly. He first won it in 2007 with the Rudd landslide lost it in 2013 and then won it back in 2016. He's a military veteran. He's resigned for medical reasons associated with his service in Somalia and Afghanistan. And he was tearful about it at his farewell news conference. He called the decision gut-wrenching. I really do regret and it has broken my heart to have to do this. It's gut-wrenching, as I have said, and I wouldn't be doing it if, if it just wasn't absolutely necessary to do it now. Well, Labor's candidate to replace him is the Bega Valley Mayor, Christy McBain. She won praise for her leadership in the bushfires and she was out of the blocks the day after Kelly quit. Labor leader Anthony Albanese has been out campaigning with her. An outstanding local representative who is passionate about making a difference for the people of Eden Monero. He detects there is unhappiness in the seat with um, the Liberals, both at the state and federal level, and is hoping to mobilise a protest vote. And he sees this as a chance to send a message, as it were, to Scott Morrison. It's a pretty big ask, given that Morrison is also riding pretty high due to his coronavirus leadership. But McMain has been critical of the government's handling of the bushfires, which is a huge issue still in the seat. She says people are still sleeping in tents after losing their homes and it's getting colder and colder. Governments Um, are going to need to step up and the ATO should be involved. They have everybody's details. They have everyone's bank accounts. It is time to just pull out postcodes and say, here's your $1,000. McBain says promised support has not arrived from the much-touted multi-billion dollar stimulus and relief packages, the ones immediately after the bushfires. And she's also highlighted flaws in the COVID-19 response, which have left businesses and thousands of workers and families without government help. The federal government should have had the foresight to think, if it's going to be unprecedented, what are the backup plans for us? And talking about... The sprawling electorate, which spreads around the ACT and runs all the way to the Victorian border, really is a test. It's been hit by so many of the issues that Morrison has staked his leadership on, drought, catastrophic bushfires, and now the virus. More than that, 
It has a kind of mythic status as a bellwether, having been won by the party that formed government in every election between 1972 and uh, 2013. So it's a big deal, whatever happens. Paul, Labor won the seat at the last election, but only barely. Do they think that they can hold on to it? Well, uh, Ruby, Labor's determined to give it their best shot. Uh, the loss of the popular Kelly's personal vote could be an insurmountable block. But in Christy McBain, they have a proven performer, well-known in the southern, more conservative voting end of the electorate. It's possible Mike Kelly's vote was helped also by the widespread belief that Bill Shorten was going to win. But the bellwether was wrong this time. Maybe voters will want to correct that and go to the party of government, as I've said, as been their habit basically since uh, 1972. Well, there is a view in Labor that the seat really is on the boundaries marginal liberal and they got lucky. But ultimately, the government will choose when the by-election is held. Some say it could be uh, late June, early July. And some in Labor believe that uh, if it's looking bad for Morrison, uh, they'll use the coronavirus as an excuse for holding off on the poll. Uh, we're also waiting to hear if, um, if the Nationals are going to run and who they'll put up as a candidate. But I've got to say to you, in a by-election, really little things are magnified and you'd have to say what we've seen this week is far from little things. Paul, thanks so much for your time today. Thanks so much, Ruby. Bye. Andrew O'Hagan's latest, Caledonian Road, explores one man's epic fall from grace. I'm Michael Williams, and on this week's Read This, I sit down with Andrew to discuss this and the state of modern Britain. All that and more, wherever you listen. Also in the news, previously redacted findings from the Royal Commission into Child Sex Abuse have revealed that Cardinal George Pell was, quote, conscious of child sexual abuse by clergy as early as 1973. The report found that it was incumbent on Pell to do what he could to remove a pedophile priest in 1989. Pell told the Royal Commission that he was handed a list of grievances and allegations about the priest, Father Searson, in 1989, but believed the Catholic Education Office and the then Archbishop of Melbourne were dealing with the allegations. The National Cabinet will meet today to discuss easing restrictions. However, state premiers in Victoria and New South Wales have warned that social distancing measures will not be lifted by Mother's Day. And the coronavirus cluster linked to a meatworks in Melbourne has spread, with a further 13 cases being identified on Thursday. The outbreak at the Cedar Meats Abattoir now numbers 62 cases, making it Victoria's biggest cluster. 7am is a daily show from The Monthly and The Saturday Paper. It's produced by Ruby Schwartz, Atticus Basto and Michelle Macklem. El Marsh is our features and field producer in a position that's supported by the Judith Nielsen Institute for Journalism and Ideas. Brian Compo mixes the show. Our editor is Osman Faruqi. Eric Jensen is our editor-in-chief. Our theme music is by Ned Beckley and Josh Hogan of Envelope Audio. New episodes of 7am are released every weekday morning. Make sure you don't miss out by subscribing on your favourite podcast app. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Just search for 7am podcast. I'm Ruby Jones. Thanks for listening and see you next week.